Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell, and we are your weekly source for performance information. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you want to get in touch with us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is the email. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush. And on all other social media platforms, just search out Crush Performance, and we will hook you up. No question about it. Well, it is the end of summer, and we're heading into the fall. And today's episode is going to revolve around a word. And today's word is going to be perspective. And as we're on the doorstep of the NFL season, the word perspective becomes even more important, even in these COVID times. Now, we're not sure what's happening with high school football. We're very unsure about the NCAA, though we do know the Big Ten is canceled or at least postponed their season until hopefully this spring. So uh, fall football for the masses is in question but we're keeping our fingers crossed for the NFL. North of the border, the Canadian Football League has officially canceled their season. and It was set back and set back again, and they finally uh, decided to throw in the towel after being turned down uh, for a massive government grant up there that would allow them at least to operate. And, of course, that league would face a lot of issues, you know, being a smaller league, with a very loyal fan base, uh, but the logistics of players coming from all over the world, just they couldn't make it work. So very, very uh, disappointing for a lot of the CFL fans. And uh, make no mistake, the CFL is an important part of the football landscape out there for players looking still to play or to reestablish themselves or to get some more playing experience before stepping into the spotlight of the NFL. Um, the CFL is a very, very important league. Um, the American Football League, the XFL, and all these other leagues that have started up, nobody's been able to do what the CFL has done alongside the NFL. So uh, we feel very, very sorry for our cohorts uh, north of the border. And we hope that this time next year we'll be talking about CFL and the NFL and everything else as usual. But it's fall. And for many of us, fall means football. And in regards to our word of the day, which is perspective, if I were to ask you, do you have concerns about you or your children playing contact sports? My question would be, why? Do you have any concerns about playing contact football or having your kids playing contact football? My question would be, why? And even though I know that why is one of the worst possible questions you could ever ask, it's really important in this context to give us a perspective, which is the word of the day, on what we're concerned about. 
do we really understand the concerns surrounding football? Well, we know that minor football numbers are down. We know that minor hockey numbers in Canada are down. We know that people are concerned, greatly concerned about the long-term effects or the long-term impact of concussion and head injury. And a lot of it has to do with the perception that we've formed due to the media coverage that this important topic has received. Has the media done it justice? Well, that's the question of today. And to put it into perspective, and if you are concerned about contact sports due to head injuries, concussions, and the long-term effects, today is a must-listen episode of Crush Performance for you. Whether you're concerned for yourself, for your players, or for your children, today is all about perspective. We will be joined by Merrill Hodge, former NFL player, speaker, broadcaster, and author of two incredible books. The first book that he wrote was Find a Way, Three Words That Changed My Life. The second edition of that book with added content has just been released. But today's conversation is going to be centered around the crush must-read book, Brainwash, the bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football. Merrill has done a deep dive into the science behind concussions and CTE, and he's consulted with some of the best experts from around the world to bring us this book, which sheds a very interesting perspective on the science and the truth surrounding CTE, what it's all about, and what the actual implications are. So if you're a football fan, if you play football or contact sports, if you're concerned about head injuries, concussions, and the potential long-term effects, today is dedicated to you. Merrill makes some powerful statements in this book, starting with the title, Brainwashed, The Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football. Another Statement that's made on the cover, the outcry surrounding CTE is missing something critical, the science to justify it. And one other thing that really caught my attention was uh, into the book where he's talking about the impact of head injuries, concussion, and the potential of CTE and its influence on depression, suicide, and, and mental health. He states the real killer, fear of CTE, which he calls CTE anxiety. Imagine this. We're going to talk about it coming up after the break, but imagine you think you have this mysterious condition that we really don't know a lot about. We're going to talk about that after this. And one final statement that really caught my attention. Of course, if you listen to the show, you know how passionate we are about the crush war and sugar. He says, don't ban football, ban sugar. You want to do something to save your children. You want to do one thing you want to ban one thing with 100% certainty that you'll protect your kids, don't ban football, ban sugar. Powerful stuff. And again, today is all about perspective, potentially a new perspective to you when it comes to head injuries, CTE, and its relationship to the game of football as we're joined by Merrill Hodge, former NFL player and author of the Crush Must Read book, Brainwash, right after this on Crush Performance. Stick around. You do not want to miss this one. We'll be right back. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Listen, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, get our newsletter, or just get hooked up with the world of sport performance, 
get to us at crushperformance.com. Our email is info at crushperformance. We answer every single message that we get, questions, comments, smart remarks. <laughs> we love them all. Or if you have a topic or something you'd like help with, write to us. We don't have the answer. I can guarantee to you, we know somebody that does. And we answer every message we get. So please do reach out. And again, we're asking everybody to get in touch with us. We got an upcoming series called Class C, The Kids of COVID. And for the parents, teachers, coaches, for the students, for the athletes, uh, if you want to reach out to us and just share your stories, how is COVID impacting you? How are you dealing with this incredible transition and the changing landscape out there? We're going to have some incredible guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as we just simply talk about the issues surrounding getting back to life here in this COVID age. It's going to be a powerful series. Now, that being said, there's been some big changes here at Crush Performance. We picked up some consulting and a couple other things that are changing our schedules here in this massively changing landscape. So Crush Performance will now be posted the podcast on Wednesdays. So instead of the Monday release, we'll be switching to midweek. We're going to call it midweek magic. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy that. And I think, you know, uh, for our schedule, it's going to work a lot better. And today's uh, show will be the first Wednesday post of Crush Performance. So uh, please spread the word there. Today's show is revolving around the word of the day, which is perspective. Of course, fall means football for a lot of us. And if you're a sports fan or if you play the game of football, this is when it all happens. This is when it normally happens. We've seen the CFL south of the border in Canada, the Canadian Football League, cancel its season. We've seen the Big Ten postpone, possibly canceling its season. And, you know, we feel for all of these athletes and these changes that we're dealing with. Um, we see, of course, the uncertainty when it comes to high school football. The NFL is set to kick off here. And we're very, very excited and thankful for the pro sports. The effort they're making, the commitment the players are making to get out there and playing and playing safe. That's the big thing, playing safe. But what a break for all of us. Even if you're not a sports fan, sports has been such a big big distraction, a big break, you know, whether you're a major league baseball fan, whether you're watching the NBA, whether you're following the NHL, incredible stuff. I want to thank everybody involved in all of those organizations because I've enjoyed it. I know my family's enjoyed it. My friends, my colleagues have all been thankful for the commitment, the organizations, the players, and everybody involved has made uh, to bring us pro sports, but that doesn't change the reality for a lot of us. And that reality is we're still trying to adjust and learn how to adjust to this COVID age. Again, coming up over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about exactly that. It's called Class C, the kids of COVID. We're going to be talking to students. We'll be talking to young professional athletes. We'll be talking to agents, coaches. We'll be talking to parents and psychologists about the impact and things we need to be thinking about, especially as this school season comes around. It's going to be very, very different. And trust me, I feel for these kids athletes and non-athletes, whether you're a drama kid or you're a science kid, or if you're an athlete, it doesn't matter what you're into. It's going to be a very, very different landscape. Let's look for the positives. We've got some really important conversations coming up over the next few weeks. So keep your ears open for that today. Let's get back to it. Again, the word is perspective. If you're involved in any which way, shape or form in contact sports and you're worried or concerned about concussions, head injuries, brain injuries, rightfully so. We're learning a lot about these conditions and how to handle them. And over the last couple of years, the science and the dedication to understanding 
um, this whole area of athlete performance, injury, rehab, and return to play has been outstanding. But inside of that, we've also had this phenomenon surrounding CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and the coverage, the media exposure, and the hysteria that's gone on surrounding this condition. Well, do we have the right perspective? Do we have all the facts? Well, to give us some perspective and maybe a different take, a different glimpse, a different angle on the facts surrounding head injuries, concussion, and CTE, we're joined by Merrill Hodge, former NFL player, speaker, broadcaster, and author of the book, Find a Way, Three Words That Changed My Life. The second edition is just out with some new content. And the Crush Must Read book, today's topic of conversation, Brainwashed, the bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football. Merrill, welcome to Crush Performance. That was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, um, your work has sparked a lot of interest in a sporting landscape that has uh, been scared to death of the science and um, some of the information that's been coming out there. But before we get to that, why don't we walk our audience through through your career and what led to the book? You were a player in the NFL from 87 to 93 with the Steelers and the Bears. Uh, had a very, very successful career, you know, looking at, at the, uh, the records that you held with the Steelers and for receptions. Um, you went on to... Idaho State University, and with a degree in education and minor in health and fitness, you had 44 school and conference records, two of those being NCAA records. Maybe to start us off here in this COVID landscape right now, to get your feelings about these, uh, the, the landscape for these young athletes. Of course, the Big Ten just postponing, canceling their fall season here. What a challenging time for these young athletes. And I think that sort of fits right into the mantra of, of find a way, doesn't it, Merrill? Well, I should appreciate the introduction, and it does actually, to really give you a quick version of Find A Way, Find A Way um, was really the words that helped me live a dream. They they sparked the one thing, they continued to spark it, they sparked it at age 12, um, they're sparking it through this whole pandemic and COVID thing, Is that it sparks action in my life, um, and what really happened as a kid um, I put all my goals up on a wall that I had my dad make me out of cork and I would play in the national football league was at the top of it. And as a young kid, um, when people asked me what I was going to do, I tell them I'm going to play in the NFL. And this is probably why I see things through a child's eyes more than most adults. Um, every time they asked me, an adult would ask me what I wanted to do. I'd tell them what I was going to do. I'm playing the national football league. They would say immediately one of four things all the time. Oh, you know how hard that is? You know what the odds are you playing in the NFL are? Oh, my gosh. Don't put our eggs in one basket. I don't want you to be disappointed. Or it was impossible. And this is why I'm passionate about young people because young people are resilient. You know, um, through these these times, they're resilient. Um, I never got phased by that. But it does lead me to my first moment in uh, truth in life because as a young kid, I've always believed the people who should encourage you in my life, they were the first ones to discourage me. But it's when I put the wall, the the goal I will play in the National Football League on the wall, that I started to actually let all of those things run through my head. I let that negative energy, if you will, I let those things of doom and gloom consume me, and I will play in the National Football League. Nothing words were nothing more than words on a wall, um, because I go back to that moment in time and just my whole thought process. This is probably the start of it. I don't. I eventually came up with this years later, but 
it comes down to this. Do you control your mind or does your mind control you? And my mind uh, was controlling me. I was letting all the things I'd heard control my thoughts and, and my actions towards that. My energy level was zero. And that's the first time the words find a way popped into my head. And I, and when it popped into my head, here's what it gave me. It, just, it gave me energy. It gave me freedom. It gave me, you know, a, a, an energy to do something about my circumstances. Now, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I was excited I could do something about it. And taking action is a critical component towards any circumstance we have in life. And quite honestly, find a way has was been uh, what inspired me or challenged me or got me to eventually write the book brainwashed. I did not set out to write the book brainwashed. That was not what my goal was. My goal was just to find out really what the facts were. Um, and to tell you a little bit about my career, my career ended because of improper care. People say, Oh, you, you, you need a career because of concussion. No, it did not. If that were, if that would have been the case, my, the Monday night football game, I had my first concussion. I never would have played again, but I did play. I played five, I played the next, I played opening day in the next four games. However, I was cleared to play over the phone five days after severe head trauma, which even in 1994 was archaic. And we always got to remember the perspective and what we knew at that time when things happened. We did know this. You at least got to be, you had to be seen physically again. I came from the Steelers that had a, um, Dr. Joe Maroon, neurologist on staff, um, who you would have seen. Um, I had a baseline back in Pittsburgh. I just didn't have that in Chicago. So the type of care was just inadequate and inconsistent in the National Football League. Well, that's clearly different now. But in 94, it was not. So really what happened to me is I'm passionate about kids. I go back to what happened to me as a kid. When I started, and I'm coaching you football, keep in mind. I start the first head trauma protocol that probably ever existed in youth sports, period, at any time in 2003. I took that exact same protocol and I went to Congress in 2009 and pleaded for them to get protocols everywhere in sports. And protocol is really removing the athlete, removing the person from the environment that they had it when they have head trauma and not letting them return to play until they've been properly evaluated, treated before they go back to play. So that was, I was doing that actually in 19, the late nineties when I was running football camps, but I established it in the youth football program and I saw the value in it. Um, so, and Mike Webster was my roommate. So, uh, you know, when Webby dies and they're, they're, they're talking about all, all of these things that suppose that they do a movie. And when you hear the movie concussion, I always ask people, they go, I watch that scared me to death. I go, what did Mike Webster die of? They're like, uh, you know, his head, <laughs> he, died of, he died of heart failure. They didn't say that in the movie. Why would they tell you in that movie? Because they want to scare you and lead you to believe that he died because he played football and he had all these concussions and he had brain disease from that. Incorrect. And there was actually no science to back that whatsoever. Um, in fact, when you go ask where the brain is today and where the tissue is today so they could back the evidence that they used his brain, they can't find it. How do you find the more, how do you lose the most important brain and the most important tissue? supposedly in this particular type of science and, and you lose it. Dr. Amala can't find it. In fact, they busted him by using different tissue to claim that he had certain disease. Cause when we did the book, um, Dr. Cummings looked at it. He's like, this is, this is just normal brain aging. This is not a pattern of CTE. And so I got all of this going on and I just want to know what the facts are. So I went on a journey. I went from 
every neurologist and every scientist that has credibility, um, um, they have integrity, and they understand the true science of brain disease. They've been working in a long time from, from, New, from Boston to L.A., to even up into Canada. And every time I'd ask them, hey, listen, I need to understand how football is causing CT. Every one of them would stop me. They're like, well, listen, time out. First of all, the pat- this is a pattern in an observation state. We do not know what causes it. And we don't know what it causes. We don't even know if it's a disease yet because consensus hasn't been done. As soon as I told consensus, I'm like, what's that? Well, I was just going to tell you this so people understand it. It's actually an absolute standard and structure in science that must happen or you're going, you're, you're being corrupt in science. You're misleading people. You're misusing and abusing science, which is happening right now with this. They haven't even finished consensus. Without consensus, you can't have staging. You can't, and you can't have symptoms. But they all talk about the stages of um, symptoms and the staging of symptoms. That hasn't been completed yet. It got rejected in 2016. So then I was like, well, man, where do you start with all this? So I got challenged to start reading the scientific papers. Now, this book is based on all of the scientific literature done to this point, including Boston University, one of the most corrupt departments in the history, maybe, of science. And what they have done, corrupt and criminal, what they have done. I take the first paper that I read, which is the Spectrum of Disease paper, authored by Anne McKee, who's out of Boston University, who signed a Hippocratic Oath, who is a doctor. The conclusion of the scientific paper, I'm paraphrasing here, but it just said you cannot give any veteran or football player any sense of degree of CTE based on this study. Why? Because the study was such garbage. If you had this in a high school class and you did it, they'd flunk you, quite honestly. <laughs> but they basically give up. They basically give up. This is so bad and it's so incomplete that don't use it. It's dangerous if you use it. It then also says, the only honest part about the whole thing is it said, if other institutions, scientific departments and institutions can replicate and duplicate we might have something. And they, they actually said the actual truth. We might have something, which is true. So what happens in science, when somebody says they found something, it is a, it's a scientific structure. It's a footer that it, it's got to be replicated and duplicated. You got to do all of these different ways of looking at it. And does it still say A? If it doesn't say A, then really you didn't have anything. Nine other institutes, okay, institutions, from the Mayo Clinic, uh, Wisconsin, um, Stanford, high quality ones. None of them could replicate or duplicate what that paper said. In fact, they found the opposite. There was one paper, I think it was a Wisconsin paper, they found the band members had more degenerative and cognitive issues later in life than did athletes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hear anybody put that on the news and let's shut down the band. Didn't say that. Now let's go back to the paper. Ann McKee was, was asked in the in the media about it. She says, quote, I got to believe all football players have it. Well, what do you think hit the headlines? Let's go back to the incompetence of the journalist. That journalist asked that question. He gets that answer. His responsibility is to go read the scientific paper. If he has any integrity, if he's a journalist whatsoever or her, reads the paper, reads the conclusion, you got to come right back to Ann McKee and go, hey, wait a minute. In the paper, 
You contradict yourself. You, in the paper, you say you can't use this. You shouldn't use it. It's dangerous if you use it. Yet you said all football players have it. Explain that to me. Nah, that wasn't done. Just disgusting journalism and abuse of the Hippocratic oath. What goes across their lives? Why are people scared? Well, I don't blame them if they're scared. If you have trusted, if you trusted all your information from the media, then I don't blame you being scared, but shame on you for just allowing that to not spark some type of common sense in your life. Right. And when I say common sense, when you think of contact sports, been going on a hundred years, we're still Canada and hockey in here, okay? You almost have a billion people to pick from. A billion. Now, the leading cause of head trauma in the entire United States, do you know what it is? Tripping and falling, the leading cause of head trauma in the entire country. Over 37 million head trauma accidents a year require medical attention. Then you have objects. The next I think believe is object, then car accident. Mm. Sports is a fraction of head trauma. So the parents are like, I'm not going to let my kids play. I'm not going to, I'm going to protect them. Well, let's throw in sports too. Now let's throw wheeled sports in there. So if you're going to rob your son or daughter of a, of a sport and you're letting them ride the bike without, ride their bike without a helmet, shame on you. You, you could not be more it must, it grotesquely uninformed. Right. Because that right there is most dangerous than anything you could do. I'm a parent. I, let me tell you this. When I get done with this research, had I found it's a 50-50 shot. Let's say I find it's a 50-50 shot. My son, I believe, was a sophomore at BYU. He's been playing since he's seven years old football. And really every sport. I'd have pulled him out. I'd have pulled him out. I don't find 50-50. I find zero to 100. There is no scientific evidence in the literature that says you're, if your son or daughter are going to play contact sports, they're going to develop CT. And then that CT is going to turn into some brain, brain disease. There's no science that backs that whatsoever. But there's a ton of science that backs this about kids with cognitive issues later in, the, in life and behavioral issues. They're called ACEs. And these are scientific facts. I can give you. I give you a stack of literature that supports this. When and an ACE is this, if you experience this as a kid, I experienced a couple of these. Uh, you might have, and the more you experience, the better chance you have. And then I'll get to where sports plays a role here. But here's ACEs: bullying, divorce, sexual abuse, child abuse, a death in the family. Well, and I can go on. The list goes on. But if you experience, I had a, my mom died at a young age. I know how traumatic that was in my life. And I do remember that football was my sanctuary. It is where I went to find peace, which sports allows you to kids to work through those things is what builds self-esteem, builds confidence, develops relationships, accountability, responsibility, all the things that are going to be life lessons that you can apply later in life. Those are the things that we should be concerned about our kids eating. Kids that have malnutrition, kids that eat a bunch of sugar who are not active. That lifestyle right there has a greater chance of having brain health issues later in life than somebody who eats properly, takes care of their body, and has dealt with maybe the ACEs that they have suffered as a young kid in their life if they did deal with them. Those are your problems. It's not playing contact sports. Now, saying contact sports, you should have protocols. You should be teaching it right. If somebody doesn't have trauma, you better take action on that. Those all things need to take place. But having a concussion and having some symptoms from concussion, that is not a brain disease. 
That is not somebody who is going to have uh, issues later in life. There's no evidence of that. But Boston University has driven that. They have driven a message of fear to people, and it's worked. And I, uh, I, always, I always use this because it's really what you're up against. It's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. Because people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I would never be fooled by that. If you go, and I, you know, I, I challenge everybody to be skeptical. Be skeptical of me. It's okay. Go read the tapes. I challenge you to read. Go to the website. Get the information. Have people explain it to you if you don't know. And then you'll figure it out, too. I mean, I put it all in a book for you to help you through that process. But, hey, back check it. Go, I, mean, I, I encourage you to do that. I want you to know the facts. Because here's what's going to happen if you do. You become empowered. You realize, hey, listen, head trauma can happen anywhere, and if it does, I know how to take care of it now, and I know there's ways to take care of it, and there's treatments for it, too, by the way. I'll throw this website out, rethinkconcussions.com. That'll help you understand any type of head trauma in any environment. You have resources to help you with that process. So if you are empowered and you have knowledge and you know what you're dealing with, shoot, you don't live in fear. People ask me all the time, you worry about your son getting a concussion? Absolutely not. Now, do I want him to? Absolutely not. But if he does, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly what I, how I'm going to take care of him. And anybody else that I coach will get the same treatment as my son does. I will remove them. We will evaluate them. They will not return to play until they're properly cleared and they're allowed to come back to play. You know, and you start learning those things, knowing those things. Um, if you've fought otherwise, um, and... Let me put it this way. I'm not trying to change your mind either, but I am trying to open your mind. If you open your mind to the things and you start applying some common sense to your own lifestyle, your own things, here's three things that are the leading cause of all short, long-term overall health. When I say overall health, physically and mentally, because our overall health, our brains are included in that process. Age, genetics, lifestyle. Right there, there's your three biggest factors on things. There are always wild cards and that shit, but those are your three biggest factors. You can do nothing about two of them. You just hope you get older as you go on. If you have a genetic disposition or something like that, knowing about it will help you to deal with it. But you can't change it. Lifestyle. Lifestyle is the most critical factor in our short and long-term health. But nobody wants to be accountable for that. Nobody wants to be responsible for that. We are the leading. This is where, this is where America is the number one country in the world. Nobody comes close to us and we should be drastically ashamed. We're the most obese country in the world at every age level. By 20, 30, 70% of Americans will be obese. I can't even get into what obesity does to your short and long-term health physically and mentally. But that's ignored. Nobody points fingers at that. You're letting somebody who's lying about the science, who's abusing science, scare you. And you should be angry at that, quite honestly. That's what you should be angry about. That you allow somebody that corrupt and that evil. And then you got to go, people go, well, why? Just go look at what the NIH gives them every year. I can't even tell you the millions of dollars. It's getting $10 million. The NIH is just as responsible. And people who contribute to that are just as responsible as they are. And that's ultimately what drove me to the book. I was asked, well, let's put it this way. When I was told what it was going to cost for me to write the book, I said, no way. You can take a almost I'll be transparent with you, almost a hundred grand. I was like, I didn't go on this journey to spend a hundred grand. I'm not Harry Potter. This ain't coming back. 
you know, you use Harry Potter sells and they make millions. I mean, books are not easy to make money on. If you're writing a book to make money, they, it's, a hard, it's an arduous process. I've already written one book, so I understand it. I'm like, I ain't no way. I can't sleep for two days. Why can't I sleep? Because I know of how corrupt and criminal and, and egregious and abusive they have been at Boston University. To ignore that, I'm no different than they are. I am no different. And that's ultimately what, what drove me to the book. You know, you know, and I hope that people will take it, read it, open their minds, and, and garner some information from it that will help them. We're talking with Merrill Hodge, author of the Crush Must Read book, Brainwashed, the bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football. And there are some powerful statements in this book, Merrill. The outcry surrounding CTE is missing something critical, the science to justify it. And um, the one thing that I appreciated about this is how, um, you know, you dug down deep and got the opinion of many great doctors who are also asking the same questions you are. Dr. Ballas, Dr. Castellani, Dr. Cummings, Dr. Maroon, just to name a few who are mentioned in the book. Um, I do believe this is a book that every parent, coach, teacher, and administrator should read just to get a frame of context. And I want to thank you again for, for writing the book. And there's a lot of things that come out of this. You know, one of the things that, that I really wanted to talk to you about, because I think this is something we're seeing all over the all over the news, and it's one of the, the um, uh, journalistic trends that we're seeing coming out of this, is the focus on the suicides and the player deaths. And there's, there's one thing you said in the book, um, it's the real killer is the fear of CTE and you, you coined it as CTE anxiety. And I thought that was yep. a powerful, powerful thing to say. Well, and, and here's what I, I meant by that. Let's say that you, um, you're struggling. You know, there's a lot of people, lives got turned upside down. Circumstances changed. You know, there's probably, I can't tell you how many people are listening right now, never thought they were going to lose their job in the manner in which it happened. And lives are turned upside down. And I'll tell you this, I identify with it. Everything I used to do, completely shut down. Done with. So I, it's not like I'm sitting there um, telling you what I heard. I'm living it too. I can understand if you let your mind control you and you're having, you lose your job, you lose your purpose. Let's use these purpose alone. Things can spiral quickly. Then you turn on the evening news. And they tell you, you have two symptoms, and now you have CT. And you're like, well, I got that symptom. I'm depressed. I don't feel good. Well, I had, I had, did, I did a concussion like uh, when I was a kid. Just think of how that starts to compound it. And you're going to die from it. There is nobody who has died from CT. Nobody. But they drive that. So you can see how dangerous it could be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people just on edge, and this one little thing could tip them over. And it is, um, I just, I'm careful when I say the word journalism because it is, it is a, that is a, that's a, it's just poor journalism. Yeah. So, so, such bad journalism today. I don't even get, to say you're a journalist actually gives you some credentials as if you're a journalist. And I'm missing to tell you this. I went from LA to Boston, up to Canada on an interview process for this book, on this book launch. Everybody. I sat down with everybody before we went, sat down to talk, I'd ask them, Hey, listen, have you read the scientific literature on this subject? No. Did you read the book? No. Wait a minute. (laughs) You're going to talk to me 
about some subject you know nothing about. And sure, 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 Shy Nola. First question they'd ask me some garbage if you'd heard in the media. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, it's, like, all, it's all like, too common. It's all too common and misleading. It's, it's, yeah. Right, they say, well, what, what about subconcussions? If it's not, it's not concussions, it's subconcussions. I'm like, come on, what's the scientific definition for that? Well, uh, well, don't throw me a word that you don't have a scientific definition for, okay? Keep in mind, there is no scientific de- definition for it. It is made up. It is science fiction. And I could hold, hand you over a stack of literature where the science says that, that it's misleading, misused, uh, and no way to measure it. It's been made up. That's how it's a Boston University came up with that when they when the concussion thing backfired on them and they found out, and this is a fact here when you look at the medical journal, one-third of the people in the medical journal who have this pattern, CT, one-third. So there's 300 cases, 100 of them never played sports, never had a concussion, never had a history of head trauma. They even had children in there that had the same pattern, ages three and four. How do you blame that right. on sports? Well, I like the one statement you have in the book where you are, are talking about the slides that you present and uh, you were talking about the uh, New York Times article, which is a topic for another day. But uh, you said um, there's 333 New York Times articles on CTE and in the world's literature, scientific literature, there's only 300 cases of, of diagnosed CTE. Interesting. Of uh, the pattern, the pattern too. It's yeah. not even. It's not even like you can't even call it a disease because they haven't done all of the proper steps of it. Which that is, this is criminally a shame that they have done. They've been allowed to do that. Nobody's nobody's stood up to them and said, "Time out! You are abusing the Hippocratic Oath in every manner of misleading science, abusing science." But well, I think, I think that, uh, yeah, I think you've stood up here and uh, you're making some noise for sure. I want to thank you for writing the book. It's very informative and it certainly is a perspective that everybody in sport. And as you mentioned, from hockey to soccer to any of the contact sports, um, it's something that everybody needs to read. And the, the last note, I know you have to go, but the last thing that I just want to mention that I really thank you for, um, it, it, you know, don't don't ban football ban sugar and you're singing to the choir yeah. when you're talking to us on that Meryl 100% absolutely I mean, there's no scientific evidence to ban football there's none but I'm going to tell you this <laughs> I could give you a stack of scientific literature to ban sugar yes. and how abusive it is it is the most toxic poison in the, in America and people are, you can't say that alcohol drugs I'm like come on come on everybody in the entire United States, over 330 million people can have as much sugar when they want at any time. Not everybody can get to alcohol. Not everybody gets to drugs. There is, I understand people break the laws and stuff, but you don't have a five-year-old that could walk into a store and order a frappuccino with 80 grams of sugar and do the same thing with cocaine or marijuana or um, a case of beer. Okay, so sugar is the leading. When, when you look, think of how toxic sugar is, it is the most toxic chemical that we have on this planet. It's most abused and it's the most addictive. And potentially the most damaging when we look at the overall health of our population. Without question, we have a whole series called The Crush War on Sugar. We'll have to maybe revisit some point and talk simply about that because uh, uh, that's a conversation we need to be having, Merrill. I know you have to go. Really appreciate your time today, Merrill. Thank you again for the book. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. 
Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Oh, there you go. The word of the day was perspective, but I got to maybe add on passion right there. There is a man on a mission right there. The book again is Brainwash, the bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football. It is a crush must read for any parent, athlete, administrator, or coach involved in contact sports. You want perspective on brain injury, concussion, and where we're at with CTE? This is a must read book. And as Merrill said, take it for what it's worth. Judge it. Research it. Don't take his word for it. He's lived it. He wasn't happy with the outcomes. He wasn't happy with what he was being told. And he dug down deep. He started talking to some of the best people in the world. And what he discovered led him to write this book. And this book is his message to the world that, hey, the media hasn't done a good job. There are certain elements in the research and scientific field that might be taking advantage of the system and not doing justice to their role in the big picture of proper research, making sure we're sending the right message and doing the right things. Well, I think you could tell from Merrill's uh, opinion and his words there, how he feels about it. I'm encouraging everybody to read this book or at least share this podcast to get some perspective on what's going on. In our last episode, we had Dr. Arya Sharma come on talking about the new guidelines, the clinical guidelines for addressing, understanding, and dealing with obesity. A very important conversation. If you haven't heard that episode, please go back and listen to it. Because if you know anybody who is dealing with obesity, that is a must-listen episode uh, because we're recalibrating our thinking when it comes to obesity and how we're dealing with it and how we even think about it. And that's going to be big for our society because as Merrill said in this interview, obesity is one of the biggest problems we're seeing. And he also said, again, that powerful statement, if you want to ban one thing, if you want to find one thing that we should ban, it shouldn't be minor football. It should be sugar. And I think it reads something like this. If you want to ban one thing with 100% certainty that you'll be protecting your kids, don't ban football. Ban sugar. And that goes back to that comment we made there right at the end about uh, having Merrill back to talk about the crush war on sugar. We are right there with him on that one. If there's one thing we need to do for certain, it's cut back our sugar consumption, especially for our children. We know the links to brain disease. We know the links to health issues. The science is there. And frankly, it's quite plain and simple. All you have to do is look. Well, the concussion issues and the CTE issues hasn't been so plain and simple. And Merrill and his book have really shed some light on this to the point where he's quite adamant there's going to be some serious repercussions for the researchers who have taken and spun this thing out of control. Now, a lot of good has come out of it. Uh, our better understanding of brain injuries, our protocols in the heads up programs and practice protocols, limiting the number of contacts, our understanding of return to play. We have better monitoring, better awareness, better uh, uh, management of head injuries right now. And, and we're still learning. We're going to be talking more about this in our upcoming series on the brain and brain performance. But for today, what a fantastic perspective, our word of the day on CTE and brain injuries when it comes to sports and how we think about it. So I want to thank Merrill Hodge for that great, great interview. And again, uh, I didn't have to say much there because you can sense his passion when he, when he dove in, he was just going for it. So uh, I'm going to go back and listen to it again. 
uh, just to get the, 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 the details of, of what he's saying, but it's all in the book. Fantastic read. And it was, it was given to me by, by a colleague of mine who just felt uh, we needed to be a little more aware of, of what's going on out there. So I want to thank him for sending that book over as well. All right, everybody. So again, hey, we're coming to you on Wednesdays from now on. And we hope that that'll work out for everybody. Uh, we've got some big, big shows coming up in the next two weeks. We're going to be looking at the impact of this COVID pandemic on our youth. And we're primarily going to focus on our seniors in high school, our collegiate seniors and athletes, our, our minor league pro athletes and our Olympic athletes. We're going to talk to coaches. We're going to talk to parents. We're going to talk to students and athletes about how COVID has impacted them because it has touched everybody on this planet one way or another. It's impacted every single one of us. So number one, we're not alone. But number two, it's really, really important that we address this properly because as serious, and trust me, it is serious stuff, the loss of life, the impact on the economy, and all of the, the real life stuff that's been going on in the news, um, that's nothing to take lightly for sure. But inside of what's going on, we can't forget about our youth. Again, my uh, youngest daughter is going into her senior year. And to look at the school program and the rollout plan that's coming out, oh boy, I feel for these kids. It's going to be a senior year like no senior year you could have ever managed, imagined or potentially even wanted. We're going to figure out how to make the most of it. How are we going to make the most of it? How are we going to support these kids? You know, we're going to talk about the collegiate athletes and the seniors who missed their graduations or imagine being a, a collegiate basketball player and missing the maybe one opportunity to ever play in March Madness. Imagine these football players this fall who aren't going to be able to play football. All these issues we're going to talk about and we're going to get some advice and we're going to talk about how people are dealing with it because we need to talk about it. So I hope you hope you join us for that. It's going to be the next two shows here on Crush Performance, important episodes called Class C, The Kids of COVID. And what we can do as parents, coaches, teachers, friends to help support each other through these tough times and make the most of it. That's the message here. How are we going to make the most of it? So we're excited for that series. And then later in the month, coming up this fall, a series on the brain. Should the brain be one of the crush top priorities for human performance? Oh, we're doing a deep dive, everybody, and it is going to be awesome. In the meantime, and in between time, if you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, if you have a topic you'd like us to investigate, or if you personally need some help, write to us. Info at Crush Performance. Get to us, crushperformance.com, and we will help you out to the best of our ability. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great week. Get out there, get better, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.